Good evening. Uh, we, we gather here in God's presence to come on this Ash Wednesday and to um, remember our need for God. And so as we begin, I just want to give you a, a few notes that there is uh, child care available in room 108 throughout the service, uh, if anyone would like that. Uh, also, just to give you a kind of a, a flow of the service, we'll, we'll receive ashes. Uh, we're being reminded of our mortality and our, our need for God's forgiveness but the service will end with a celebration of communion to remind us that our mortality and our sin is not the end of the story, but that God has acted to bring new life and forgiveness to us. So as we prepare to come before God, let me read to you from Isaiah 58. Is not this the fast that I choose? To break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation, free the oppressed, and cancel debts. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, provide the poor wanderer with shelter, put clothing on the exposed, and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Lord, we give you thanks that you've gathered us. Lord, we thank you for the honesty of your word that invites us to look at our profound need, to acknowledge this evening our limits, our mortality, to acknowledge our rebellion and our trespasses. But Lord, we thank you also that you invite us to do this in your presence, that we would know your grace and your abounding steadfast love. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand that we can sing our call to worship.
see a note in your order of worship that ashes are something held in ancient practice of a sign of repentance, a sign of mourning. It's this external sign of expressing our need before God. And so in just a moment, I'll invite you to come forward. You can come down the center aisle and Pastor Brian and I will uh, offer ashes to you and you can return on the side. The words that are spoken traditionally are, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. And repent and believe the gospel. These are words that invite us to embrace or acknowledge our need before God. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and repentance. That we may remember that it is only by your gracious gift that we are given everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Brian, you, wanna, you can come forward.
push me from evil through and through. Cleanse me, O Lord, without within. All my transgressions, Lord, I know. I see my sin both day. Testament lesson is from Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 to 12. Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness. And did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? 
Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see them naked, to cover him. Do not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry, and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness, and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually, and satisfy your desire in scorched places, and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, And you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. The New Testament lesson is from 2 Corinthians, beginning in chapter 5, verse 20, to chapter 6, verse 10. We implore you, On behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then, we appeal you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, Now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as imposters and yet are true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying. And behold, we live as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. passage that we're going to read in in just a moment is from Matthew 6. It invites us to think about the difference between doing things uh, to be seen or being external 
versus what Jesus calls in the secret place. And he makes that comparison to allow us to think about where it is we place our treasure or what rewards uh, we seek. But before we read that, it's good just to acknowledge together the words that this service uh, invites us to, that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Or repent and believe the gospel. And I want us to, to begin by acknowledging if, if we are, are able or if have the, the energy in this moment to, to focus and, and acknowledge that these things are challenging. These are challenging words to hear. And part of the challenge rests in the, the directive to see and to look at ourselves with honesty. You are dust and you are to dust you shall return. Scripture invites us to see and to actually acknowledge our mortality that we will die. Repent, the scripture says that you are to see yourself as a sinner, one who's fallen short of God's law, one in need of deep forgiveness. Mortality and guilt and shame are not easy things to consider. It's possible that we can say even flippantly, well, everyone dies or no one's perfect. But if we are honest, it's different to consider my own death or to look at and even name my own sin. So as we think about these challenging realities, Jesus invites us to think about our reward or the treasure that we seek, where we place our heart. So let's look at Matthew 6. This is verse 1 through 6 and 16 through 21. You can follow in your order or your Bible. Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will, will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is God's word given for our good. Well, the poet Mary Oliver, one of the ways that she describes the experience of being human is that she says that we all carry Stubborn stumps of shame, grief that remains unsolvable after all the years, and a bag of stones that goes with us wherever we go. Always with us, but things that we don't necessarily want to see or acknowledge. The question I want us to maybe to think about for a little bit tonight is why does Christianity say it's necessary and helpful for me to look at this bag of stones or this stump of shame or this grief that remains, why does it tell me it's helpful to acknowledge my mortality and my sin? 
And what I'm hoping that we can see is that Jesus invites us that honesty, honesty about ourself, frees us to find true life. This is at the heart of Jesus' ministry, to see our limits and see our profound need for help. Yet if you're like me, it can be overwhelming to think about such things. And so I work hard at not looking. Instead, we hide or we pretend, we seek a sense of control or that I'm okay or at least I'm better than others. And one way that we do this, all of us, is through religion. Of course, we can move away from God by our rebellion, by saying that God doesn't exist or God's not involved in my life. But we can also move away or avoid God or avoid seeing our situation by hiding or through the illusion of self-righteousness. And it's such illusion or hiding that Jesus is addressing in our passage. He shines a light on common practices, religious practices that are good. Prayer and, and giving to the poor. The giving of alms or the giving of resources is meant to help the poor. It's, it's to be a window of our relationship to others. And prayer is a window into our relationship with God. But Jesus says it's possible for us to reduce these good practices rather than seeing God or letting God see me, I approach prayer as a means of hiding or as an act of strength for my reputation among those around me. Such passages are especially dangerous to, for ministers standing up front, right? But rather than seeing our neighbors as those we're called to love or to give our resources to, we can see them as objects to manipulate or opportunities to construct my reputation or my position, my rightness. And one author describes these kind of reductions, reductions of prayer and of, of giving of our resources. One author describes it as how to get all A's and still flunk life. How to get all A's and still flunk life. Or maybe we can say, how to do what's expected, but lose yourself along the way. How to do what's expected, but lose yourself along the way. Prayer and giving generously are two intentional and regular activities that foster a deeper spiritual life, foster a relationship with God. They are activities in which, in honesty, I can experience God and respond to God's grace and participate in God's work in the world. They are a means for us to encounter God and share God. Yet as Jesus reminds us here, we can use them as ways to avoid seeing ourselves. Even religious actions can be harmful. And that's why Jesus says, beware. Beware of practicing your righteousness for others to see. Or to use the language of our passage, beware the treasures of reputation, the treasures of appearance, beware of the treasure of meeting someone's expectation, beware of gaining a sense of control by being good. Beware of all these things that somehow allow us to avoid seeing the reality of our mortality or our need for God's grace. And Jesus says, beware, because we can ask, what do these treasures bring about if we are 
seeking reputation or appearance or expectations being met, what do such treasures give? Well, the reward Jesus call, as Jesus calls it, is the response of people. That's why he says that those who give in this way or pray in this way, they've already received their reward because what they wanted was for people to respond or see them in a certain light, for them to be able to say, look, this person, I, I can handle things, or I'm doing what is right, or I'm a good person, or things are okay with me. And Jesus wants us to see that such rewards do not bring sight, do not bring honesty, but actually push us deeper into hiding. Imagine we can give ourselves to a treasure that is not worthy of our lives, to give ourselves to treasures that fade away, the moth or that nature corrodes or that rust that or time takes away or fade due to the thief, fade because of humans' actions towards us. Such treasure, such rewards are fleeting. Why does Christianity say it's necessary and helpful for, for me, for you, to see our mortality and our sin? Because honesty frees us to find true life. Frederick Buechner writes, to close yourself off from pain is to close yourself off from being transformed. To close yourself off from pain, or we could say to close yourself off from what is true or what is real or what's happening in the secret places is to close yourself off from being transformed. The way forward, the way to life is not through pride or meeting expectations, getting the reward of reputation. It's not learning how to better hide or better project. Rather, Ash Wednesday in the gospel Tell us that the way of life is through humble acknowledgement of our need before God. It sounds so simple, right? We know this. But it's profound if we hear it and believe it. In Hebrews 4, Jesus says to, all, to us, come with confidence to my throne of grace. He's inviting you and me to come. Because he promises his grace is greater than our sin. He invites an honest confession and acknowledgement. Lord, I'm scared to think about my mortality. Lord, I'm worried as I grow older. I'm worried about certain diagnosis or physical frailties. I'm overwhelmed with sorrow for those I've already lost. Lord, I'm full of grief, and I don't know how that will be different. Lord, I'm ashamed of what I've done or what I'm doing. I can't seem to get free of the guilt that seems always like a shadow upon me, a bag of rocks wherever I go. Things in my life or my work or my relationships have not gone as I hoped, as I expected. I don't even know where to begin. You can add the words that are true for your heart in the secret place. What Jesus is inviting us to is not reputation or religious activities, but he's inviting us to himself the one who faced death and overcame it, the one whose grace is sufficient for us. So let us come. Let us come and bring our hearts to Christ, the one who invites us to come with honesty and boldness to his throne of grace. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks.
We thank you that you do not invite us to a way of life about hiding and performance, but one of truth and one of grace. And we pray that we may experience that and receive it this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, having heard God's word, we turn now to a time of confession, a time where we can be honest about our condition, about our sin, about our need of God. We'll do this together as a people, as a church, and then have a time of quiet personal confession. Merciful God, we've broken your covenant. We've not loved you with our whole heart, mind, and strength. We have failed to see those around us as neighbors to love. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy. shelter for those in need and welcome the stranger and the foreigner. among ourselves, and the world looks at us and asks, where is their God? Please take a moment of quiet personal confession. We confess our sin, and we, we turn to your mercy, to your graciousness. We confess our need of you, of the ways in which we have erred, and we look to the mercy of Christ who bore it all, who took our shame and our guilt, the ways that we have done harm, that we have not loved our neighbor, and he died upon the cross for us. We give thanks in his name. Amen. 
Let's stand to hear the words of assurance that come to us from Psalm 103. Let's join together. The Lord does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love to those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As far as the Father's compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. Well, as we've been welcomed into God's family, let's take a moment to welcome one another in the name of Christ.
be seated. Well, God is inviting us to his table, the table for his family, secured by his son. Our service ends with communion because we want to remember that when God asks us to look at ourselves, to be honest about our mortality and our sin, he doesn't do that just to leave us in a state of being overwhelmed, to leave us feeling guilt or that we have to somehow build ourselves back up. When he calls us to repentance and calls us to see, it's to also then turn to him and find the hope of his good news. And this table is the good news that we can see and hold and taste for the, in the bread and the cup. We remember tonight that Jesus, he took upon himself our sin. And he took upon himself our death. And he did this because he loves you and he loves me. And this one who took on our death and our sin rose to new life, showing that he is greater than death and greater than our sin, securing for us a place in God's family now and forever. So as we come, we come not because we have something to boast of or becoming we can overcome our needs with, but because we have a Savior who's active for us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this table. As we do come, Lord, let us remember the good news and let it speak deeply to our fears and our guilt. Let it speak deeply to our uncertainties and our shame. Lord Christ, thank you for coming to us to give us new life and give us hope that does not pass away. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it saying, this is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. I invite you to come down to the center aisle and Pastor Brian and I will have the elements up front here, and then you can receive them and take them back on the sides. I ask that you would hold the elements until everyone's been served, that we can eat and drink as one family.
Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. When Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins, let us drink in faith. In response to the table, I invite you to stand that we can pray and sing together and confess our faith together as God's people. We give thanks to you, almighty God, for nourishing us in Christ. By your spirit, assure us that we belong to your family and are heirs of your everlasting kingdom. Help us to offer ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice as we proclaim the mystery of faith. together in affirming our faith. Standing in our place, Jesus suffered during his years on earth, especially in the tortures of the cross. He carried God's judgment on our sin. His sacrifice removed our guilt. God raised him from the dead. He walked out of the grave, conqueror of sin and death, Lord of life. We are set right with God, given new life, and called to walk with him in freedom from sin's dominion. Amen. Tis an ocean vast of love.
of our Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with now and always. Amen. Go in peace.